Hi again everyone, welcome to JTalk Extra Time. This is a special midweek uh, mini-pod reviewing all of the J2 action from Wednesday night, July the 5th. I'm John Steele, I'm going to run you through six of the uh, midweek games in part one, and then I'll go for a lie down in a darkened room and hand you over to James Taylor. He's uh, got the rest of the midweek action, uh, as well as a preview of the weekend fixtures as well. So without further ado, uh, yes, J2 round 24, all 11 fixtures were on Wednesday night, this midweek, uh, July the 5th. And let's start by talking about Tokyo Verdi against Nagasaki. Uh, this game finished Tokyo Verdi 1, Nagasaki 2, uh, Ajinomoto. Tokyo Verdi still second despite this home defeat. And uh, in the end, Nagasaki uh, finished with 10 men. Nagasaki traveling very well at the moment. Three wins in their last four matches. Things were looking good for Nagasaki from the 29th minute in this game when they took the lead. Masaru Kato's cross into the Verdi penalty area was nodded down perfectly by Juanma Delgado to the edge of the box for Asahi Masayama to power in a rising drive. Verdi's keeper, Mateus, got both hands to the ball, but he just couldn't keep it out, and Nagasaki were in front. The visitors looked like they might be in trouble five minutes into the second half, though, as they had Caio Cesar sent off for picking up a second yellow card. His tackle near the touchline, close to the halfway line, was uh, clumsy rather than malicious, I think, but uh, yeah, he picked up a, a second booking and was dismissed. After that, though, Nagasaki doubled their lead, courtesy of a Juanma strike midway through the second half. A loose header from a Verdi defender led to the ball bouncing on the edge of the Verdi penalty area, and Juanma just looked supremely confident as he lashed a left-footed effort past Mateus and into the net. That's 14 goals for the season for Juanma, a personal best in the J-League, I think, and he's the top scorer in J2 at the moment. So Nagasaki 2-0 up uh, despite being a man down. Verdi then brought on rookie midfielder Yuta Arai for his J-League debut, and he almost reduced the deficit from virtually underneath the crossbar, but somehow ended up firing over. The youngster Arai did pull a goal back in the 89th minute, though, with a low 25-yard drive that crept into Gohatano's bottom right-hand corner through a crowded penalty area. But um, Verdi couldn't find an equaliser, and it finished Tokyo Verdi 1, Nagasaki 2. A first defeat in five games for Verdi, but it leaves them 10 points behind the leaders, uh, Machida, who are uh, becoming runaway leaders, aren't they, at the moment. Nagasaki are fifth, but they're only two points behind Verdi, and we should mention it's a very congested playoff zone. There are only three points separating the second place and sixth place teams at the moment. And speaking of uh, Verdi and Machida, there was some eyebrow-raising transfer uh, business announced uh, this midweek. Machida have signed Verdi's Chilean attacker, Byron Vasquez. He's been an eye-catching presence um, up front and in midfield for Verdi this season. But um, yeah, he's uh, making the short move to Machida uh, this week. It seems like a strange move for the, the team in second place to sell uh, a regular first-team starter to the team in first place. But uh, I guess that's the J-League for you. And I'm sure that the money involved was perhaps too good for Tokyo Verdi to, uh, to turn down. So yeah, Byron Vasquez uh, leaves uh, Ajinomoto to join uh, Machida Zelvia. And with those two sides set to go head-to-head -head this weekend, uh, that adds a little bit of extra spice to that uh, the latest edition of the Tokyo Classic, as it's uh, so-called. But yeah, the final score uh, on Wednesday night was Tokyo Verdi 1, Nagasaki 2. Okay, we, we can't go any further without mentioning the bottom side, Omiya Ardija. They're still alive. They won for the first time in 16 league games, thanks to a last-minute goal from their Brazilian striker, Angelotti. They won 2-1 at home to Jeff Chiba uh, in midweek. 
Jeff are of course a renowned charity case. They often hand struggling teams three points and it looked like it was going to be a similar story when Omiya went in front midway through the first half in this game. A quickly taken throw in found Takamitsu Tomiyama virtually on the byline inside the Jeff penalty area and he nodded the ball back for Masaya Shibayama to sweep in the opener. A very nicely constructed goal uh, for Omiya. Disaster though struck for the Squirrels with just 10 minutes of the game left as Jeff equalised. A right wing cross from Koki Yonekura was only cleared to the edge of the box and Masaru Hidaka put in a jumping shot with the outside of his left foot that was too hot for Omiya keeper Takashi Kasahara to handle. So at 1-1 with 10 minutes to play. Omiya kept going though and they grabbed a 90th minute winner when Hidetoshi Miyuki's free kick was headed on target by Niki Urakami. Jeff's goalkeeper Shota Arai fielded the ball up into the air rather than catching it and that gave the substitute Angelotti the chance to bundle the loose ball in on the goal line. So the final score was Omiya 2, Jeff Chiba 1. A mixture of relief and delight for Omiya at full time but they still have plenty of work to do. They are 7 points adrift at the bottom of the table. Uh, Jeff, meanwhile, are in 15th. There was another boost for Omiya in midweek transfer news. Ex-Nagoya forward Jakub Svetsjok has joined the club from Zaglebi Rubin in the Polish uh, Extra Klasa. And yes, this uh, Polish forward had a good goal-scoring record at Nagoya, so it's going to be interesting to see how he links up uh, with Angelotti at NAC5. Apologies to any Polish speakers for my pronunciation there, and uh, possibly some English speakers as well. Yeah, I have n no idea what I'm what I'm doing with these names. But Jakub Svetsok uh, is the uh, new striker in uh, in through the door at uh, Omiya. The other side in the J2 relegation zone, Iwaki also picked up a vital three points on Wednesday night and against a direct relegation rival in the form of Tochigi. The full-time score was Iwaki 1, Tochigi 0. This game was goalless at half-time, although Tochigi might have been wondering just how that was the case. Midway through the half, their striker Ryo Nemato had gone clean through but was denied by a superb save from Shuhei Shikano in the Iwaki goal. Nemoto then looked like he might have been able to latch onto the loose ball, but he slipped on the wet playing surface uh, and Iwaki survived. Then with the interval looming, Tochigi youngster Sora Kobori put in a dipping shot from about 25 yards that hit the very top of the inside of the post and bounced down on the goal line without going in. It would have been a superb strike uh, had it crossed the line, but um, yeah, it wasn't Tochigi's uh, night and it didn't. This game started to feel like it would be settled by a single goal and it duly arrived for the home side in the 71st minute. Iwaki had a corner that was cleared um, back into their own half but then when the ball was returned into the Tochigi penalty area two or three Iwaki players had been left unmarked on the left hand side of the box and one of them was Hiroto Iwabuchi and he superbly controlled the ball and in the same movement fired a low shot in at the near post that went in off the base of the woodwork. I think uh, Tochigi's keeper Kazuki Fujita might be a bit disappointed that he was beaten at the near post but Iwaki had the vital lead in the 71st minute and it was nearly 2-0 to the home side late on when Takami Kawamura tried his luck from the edge of the penalty area. His effort looped over the goalkeeper Fujita but hit the crossbar and uh, went away. There were loud cheers and relief at full time for Iwaki just like the game at the fellow strugglers Omiya but uh, yes they won 1-0 against Tochigi but they're still in the relegation zone in 21st place now level on points with the side in 20th place which is uh, Kanazawa. So yeah full time uh, at Iwaki Green Stadium Iwaki won Tochigi nil. Mito Hollyhock eased their relegation fears with a 3-1 home win over Tokushima who were 18th at the moment. 
Mito had their first choice goalkeeper, Rui Yamaguchi, back in goal for the first time since late April after recovering from injury, but he was beaten after just seven minutes at Kei's Denki Stadium, Kiyoshiro Tsuboi, with a beautiful right-footed curler from the edge of the penalty area to give Tokushima the lead. Both goalkeepers had to make a good save in the first half of this game. Jose Suarez, in the Tokushima goal, had to keep out a flicked header at full stretch. And at the other end, Yamaguchi was off his line quickly and smartly to block a shot at close range. In the second half, though, an uncharacteristic mistake from Suarez helped Mito to draw level. A swirling cross from the Mito right from Hidetoshi Takeda was headed on goal, but very high in the air by Keita Matsuda, Somehow, Suarez seemed to lose the flight of the ball, and he could only help it on its way into the net for 1-1. So a a weird-looking goal, but suddenly it was Mito 1, Tokushima 1, and the pendulum swung Mito's way after that. Tokushima had a lucky escape when a shot from Yuki Kusano was deflected onto the crossbar and out for a goal kick. And then Mito did take the lead with 20 minutes to go when a long ball out of defence found Kusano clean through on the left-hand side of the penalty area. Suarez did well to push Kusano's shot onto the post, but the ball fell loose and perfectly for Mizuki Ando, who was uh, on rushing. He put the ball into an empty net to make it 2-1 to the home side. And just three minutes after that, Mito sealed a fine comeback win with a third goal. A corner kick to the back post was bundled in by Matsuda for his second goal of the game. Tokushima goalkeeper Suarez was complaining vociferously that he was blocked off when he came off his line to uh, to come for this corner, but I think he was just trying to hide his frustration and embarrassment at conceding another soft goal. I don't think there was any foul on him uh, at that at that corner. But the full-time score was Mito 3, Tokushima 1. Mito, three points clear of the relegation zone in 16th at the moment, with Tokushima two places and uh, just a single point behind them. Okay, Sendai supporters might want to skip ahead uh, for about two minutes here, but at uh, Yurtek Stadium, it finished Sendai nil, Shimizu 3 in midweek. Shimizu stay right on the edge of the playoff zone, while things are going from bad to worse for Sendai. I'm not sure how much longer they'll persist with their coach, Akira Ito. In this game, Shimizu made a great start, going 2-0 up inside the opening 20 minutes. In the 11th minute, the visitors took the lead from a corner, Kenta Nishizawa's kick was flicked on at the near post for Carlinos Jr. to flick over the diving Sendai goalkeeper Yuma Obata. Then, in the 20th minute, Sendai must have borrowed Jeff Chiba's very well-used self-destruct button and handed Shimizu a second goal. Sendai's defender Yuta Koide inexplicably passed the ball straight to Koya Kitagawa and he advanced to the edge of the penalty area and played in Takashi Inui, who stroked the ball past the helpless Obata to make it Sendai nil, Shimizu 2. And it was 3-0, nine minutes into the second half, as Shimizu picked Sendai off on the counter-attack. Carlinos Jr. was too quick and too skillful for his marker, Koji Hachisuka, out wide on the Shimizu left. Carlinos burst into the penalty area and fed Inui. His deflected effort then dropped perfectly for Carlinos Jr., and he scored at point-blank range. Shimizu nearly added a fourth goal on a late breakaway, Takaru Kishimoto slamming a shot against the Sendai crossbar when he had all the time in the world inside the penalty area, but uh, three goals was enough, and it finished Sendai nil, Shimizu three. Shimizu a seventh, two points outside the playoff zone uh, as usual, whereas Sendai are down in 13th. They have four defeats and a draw from their last uh, five matches, and uh, yeah, the, the natives are getting restless at Yurtek, I think. Elsewhere, on Wednesday night, thanks to an 89th-minute goal from Rimu Matsuoka, 
Kumamoto salvaged a draw from their trip to Gunma. It finished Gunma 1, Kumamoto 1 at Shoda Stadium. The visitors made a bright start in this game and Gunma had a let off in just the second minute when Yuki Omoto's effort from about 20 yards came back off the base of the post. Shortly after that, Kumamoto did have the ball in the net when a cross evaded everybody and went in but a Kumamoto attacker was interfering with play, blocking the goalkeeper from having a clear view of the ball and the, uh, the goal was disallowed for offside. Then on the half hour, Gunma hit the front when Ryo Sato's in-swinging cross from the home side's right flank was powerfully headed in by Yuria Takahashi, so uh, Gunma 1-0 up in the uh, 30th minute. And this game was in the balance for the rest of the 90 minutes, really. Kumamoto almost equalised late on when Japan under-19 forward Yutaka Michiwaki honours a substitute, find himself clean through, but he placed his shot over the Gunma crossbar. Shortly after that, at the other end, Kumamoto keeper Ryuga Tashiro had to make an excellent block from Motoki Nagakura as Gunma threatened to extend their lead. And then, in the 89th minute, two more Kumamoto subs combined as Yuhi Takemoto crossed from the left, low into the box for Matsuoka to side-foot a volley into the net from about 12 yards and make it Gunma 1, Kumamoto 1. There was still time for Gunma to almost grab a winner, but Nagakura's diving header at full stretch went agonisingly wide of the far post for the home side. And uh, yeah, it finished Gunma 1, Kumamoto 1. Uh, Gunma in 10th place in the table right now, and uh, Kumamoto are in 12th. Okay, I think that's all for my uh, my uh, six games from the midweek uh, round 24 J2 slate. Please stay tuned though, because in a moment, James Taylor's going to take over. He has the rest of the midweek action rounded up for you, as well as a look ahead to the round 25 games, uh, all coming up uh, this week on Sunday evening. So uh, yeah, please stay tuned. Here comes James. Thanks, John. James Taylor here with the other games from Wednesday night, starting at the Yamaha Stadium, where another poor start from visitors Jürgen Kanazawa meant Jubilo Iwata had little trouble securing all three points. Fabian Gonzalez opened the scoring with a powerful header in just the seventh minute, the customary early goal we seem to see in every Kanazawa game. Kanazawa had a half chance midway through the first half. Masamichi Hayashi intercepted an ambitious back pass, but his shot was tipped around the post by Ryuki Miura. Gonzalez wanted a penalty soon after, but the referee correctly judged that he had in fact kicked keeper Yuto Shirai's arm rather than tripped over it, and play continued. Gonzalez gave the referee a hard stare, but it didn't work, because Gonzalez is from Colombia, not Peru, like Paddington Bear. Iwata's Hiroki Yamada hit the post early in the second half, but they didn't have to wait long to double their lead. A push by Ryota Inoue to concede a penalty, scored by Yosuke Furukawa in the 54th minute. So again, did pull one back. Yohei Toyoda getting the last touch on a nice move involving Keita Fujimura, Koya Okuda and Yuhei Oishi in the 82nd minute. After that, Okuda forced a full stretch save from Miura and Toyoda hit the post, but it finished Iwata 2, Kanazawa 1. Iwata stayed fourth, but closed the gap on third-placed Oita to one point. Kanazawa dropped to 20th, only out of the relegation zone on goal difference. Iwata made up ground on Oita Trinita because the latter lost 3-0 at home to table toppers Machida Zelvia. The early pressure in this game was all Machidas and the breakthrough came in the 38th minute when a long free kick ricocheted off a few players in the Oita box and fell at the feet of Jiang Mingyu. Oita almost drew level in the 55th minute but a series of defenders made blocks inside the 6-yard box and then keeper William Pop saved a shot from the edge of the area. Machida doubled the lead in the 63rd minute. Eric dispossessed an Oita defender in the centre circle outpaced everyone, rounded the keeper, and shot. 
It wouldn't have gone in had he hit it harder, but the lack of pace on the ball meant the sliding defender went into the net before it did. The third goal came three minutes from time, Oita keeper Konoski Nishikawa dropping a free kick and Hijiri Onaga taking advantage. That ends Oita's unbeaten streak at seven games and extends Machida's to six. They are ten points clear at the top. Sixth place, Vanfare Kofu got back to winning ways in emphatic style, thumping Blaublitz Akita 5-1. Most of the damage was done in the opening half an hour. A free header for Yoshiki Torikai on 8 minutes, a near post header from a corner for Eduardo Mancha on 22 minutes, and a free back post header for Getulio on 27 minutes. You seeing a pattern here? Torikai got his second in the 51st minute, running onto a deflected pass in the Akita area and scoring from close range. Akita made it 4-1 in the 87th minute through Keita Saito, but Kosuke Takitomi added a fifth for Kofu in stoppage time, after Akita keeper Kentaro Kakoi, out near the halfway line, headed the ball diagonally backwards to Takitomi and then couldn't get back in time to stop the long-range shot into the empty goal. Akita falls slightly to 14th, just one win in their last nine. Renolfo Yamaguchi continued their fine form under new manager Juan Esnaida with a 1-0 win at home to Monterio Yamagata. Left-back Keigo Numata got the goal in the 61st minute, arriving unnoticed at the back post to smash in a high cross. Yamaguchi have two wins and two draws from their last four and sit in 17th, three points clear of relegation. Yamagata's form is faltering slightly, but they are 11th. And finally, there was late drama at the City Light Stadium in the game between Fagiano Okayama and Fujieda Mai FC. A 30th-minute own goal by Jordi Boyce gave Fujieda the lead, and Ryota Iwabuchi finished a quick counter-attack to make it 2-0 in the 56th minute. Fujieda were reduced to 10 men five minutes later, when Kotaro Yamahara was shown a straight red card for hauling down Thiago Alves when he was the last defender. But Tojiro Kubo added a third for Fujieda in the 84th minute, beating the offside trap and finishing smartly from close range. Four minutes later, Okayama pulled a goal back, Yasutaka Yanagi heading in a Stefan Mork cross. And they got a second in the 95th minute from a low Issa Sakamoto shot after a corner, but the 10 men of Fujieda held on to win 3-2 and jump above their hosts in the table. Fujieda 8th, Okayama 9th. There's a full round of J2 fixtures on Sunday the 9th of July as match day 25, and there's a historic meeting between leaders Machida and second place Tokyo Verdi, the first J2 game ever to be held at the National Stadium in Tokyo. That game will have some extra spice after the announcement of Byron Vasquez's transfer from Verdi to Machida, although he won't be playing in this game. That's at 6 o'clock, along with 14th place Akita against 12th place Kumamoto, 8th v 6th Fujieda v Kofu, Iwaki versus Mito, Tochigi against Sendai, and Nagasaki against Yamaguchi. Then at 7 o'clock there are 5 games. Oita look to bounce back against Shimizu, Tokushima face Okayama, Yamagata take on Iwata, Jeff United welcome Kanazawa, and Omiya will look to build on their midweek win when they go to Gunma. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, downloading and sharing, and a big thank you as ever to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Mike, John and I will be back with a full roundup and analysis of the weekend's action next week, but until then, enjoy your football. Goodbye. Thank you.